Father Productions presents Inclusion We Digress. The best hour of your life, you'll never know. Hello, and welcome back to this episode of In Conclusion We Digress. Thanks so much for coming back and listening. Hope you guys are doing well. And as always, joining us are the guys. So we'll start with Tommy coming to us from Roosevelt Island tonight. So Tom, what's up, man? Not much. Hype to uh, to run through this NBA thing. It's going to be so fun. I, we've been talking about it for like for weeks now. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a really cool episode for sure. We have been talking about it for a while, so definitely excited to get that started. We also have Pat joining us from the Upper East Side. So, Pat, what's going on with you? Hey, nothing much, guys. Yeah, today was my actually first day back at the office in like three months or so. So, um, well, temporarily, but uh, still good to get out. It felt definitely felt really weird. I can imagine. Yeah, the day we're recording today, it's June 24th in the year of our Lord, 2020. We, uh... <laughs> I know Long Island upon is him. now in phase three of coronavirus, and uh, New York City is now going to be starting phase. They started phase two on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. Long Island phase three was today. Yeah. Today. Yeah. So heading in the right direction in New York, at least. That that's good. We also have Mike joining us from the Upper East Side as well. So Mike, what's new with you? What's going on, guys? Um, I just realized that NBA memes on Instagram makes a living shitting on the Knicks, and it makes me happy and sad at the same time. So. I'm having some conflicts behind it. Hey, you know what? That's that's fair, but most of the hate that the Knicks receive is warranted. So always got to keep that in mind as well. <laughs> always remember. And last but not least, we have Kyle coming to us as well from Long Island tonight. So, Kyle, what's up with you, man? Uh, same old. I was able to watch uh, my boys in blue in England win a game today and not lose Liverpool on the weekend. Uh, and I'm excited to get into the NBA. So it's been a good sports week for me. That's exciting. That, that's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely been a really good you know, return to sports so far. I know uh, this past weekend we actually had the Belmont Stakes as well, which is really, really cool. Uh, I know a few of us here bet and won some money over the weekend, so that's always fun. And uh, obviously just to have sports back uh, is yeah. something that we've been alluding to on the podcast for a while that we're just really excited to have. So we figured tonight we'd do another little sports episode, but a little different structure. We're not going to actually talk about sports as they are now. We're actually going to dive into the NBA and talk about creating an all-time roster of some of the best players from each era of basketball. So to give a little background, on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I actually found someone created a graphic, a create-your-own-roster graphic, where you get $15 to create your ultimate NBA starting lineup. So I'm actually going to post that graphic up here now so we can all see it as we start our conversation. And everyone has actually prepared teams for this conversation today. So everyone has a chance to look at this already. Just to quickly kind of go over the rules before we kind of get started, reveal who we picked for all NBA teams. So first and foremost, everyone has $15, as I mentioned, to build your team. So each player has a a specific dollar value. You can choose each player um, depending upon their value. And then $15 is your total for your starting lineup. So this graphic is broken down into three different sects. So you have the modern era of NBA, which is 2000s to the present time. You have your classic era, which is the 1980s to the 1990s. And you have your antique era, which is the 1950s to the 1970s. So obviously three different stages of basketball. And one of the rules is you can only pick a maximum of two players per each era. So you cannot have more than three players per era in your starting lineup. 
all players are going to be considered at the peak of their career. So they're the best time they were playing. There is no restriction to what type of basketball it is. So we're just going to say they're all playing at the same time. There are no position restrictions and you can only pick players from the graphic here below. So we all, like I said, had time to go through and, and do some research and look into what we all think our ideal team would be. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go position by position as we look at this graphic here and just you know, reveal who we chose for each position and who our ultimate NBA team is. So I'd like to start with point guard as they're kind of the, the little general of the offense. So we're going to definitely start uh, there. And I want to hear everyone's pick, <laughs> the quarterback, quarterback of the basketball world. So let's start with point guard. Any volunteers want to reveal their initial pick for point guard in their starting lineup? Mike, we'll start with you. Uh, well, first things first, I just want to say that for everyone listening, if you haven't looked, this is all on the Instagram. We're posting it beforehand. We'll keep posting this list. We really want to get some involvement. We'll probably have some polls up. So we want to hear what you guys have to say. Tell us who's uh, the biggest but, idiot. We love that. Yeah, that'll come out after you listen to the episode. But leading up to the mm -hmm. episode, we definitely want to hear what you guys think about the list. And if you've even, you know, if you've seen it before, you disagree with some of the, the players, and I think you'll hear us on the list. But to start off, um, for point guard, I picked Derek Rose, who was worth $1, which I think is a little ridiculous Criminal. for an NBA. Yeah, for an NBA, NBA MVP player. Um, in I just his prime. Like, in like, his prime. Yeah. So we're not talking like glass knee, uh, you know, Knicks or like, you know, after he came back and he was kind of a position player in, in Chicago. I'm talking like 25 points a game, you know, eight assists. 2011-2012. Yeah, yeah, prime MVP, Derek. Also, another assumption that we're making on this is that everybody is in their prime and healthy. No, this yeah, is exactly. every player at the top performing point in their career, and they are 100% healthy. So these are these guys at their best physical shape possible, playing the best basketball of their career. No promises that Derek Rose knee isn't going to blow out in the middle of this hypothetical basketball game. But <laughs> that's my first pick for $1, which I think is an absolute steal from the modern era, Derek Rose. Um, just looking at his numbers here, it's hard to really argue with that. For a dollar, you're getting a lot of value, especially in uh, points per game. Mm -hmm. um, he's so a solid player. He's good defensively. I mean, if you want to give it kind of a playoff atmosphere, the guy tears it up. I mean, he was putting up 27 points in the playoffs that year. It's, it's pretty nuts. Hard to argue with him for a dollar. Well, if, if I could real quick, Mike, uh, I actually picked Derek Rose as well. But actually, we did a little Same. amendment where we can – Wow. Uh, have some bench players as well. So we allowed ourselves a $4 budget for bench, which we'll get into once we do the starting lineup. But I actually picked Derek Rose for my bench. So this, yeah. So Pat, you picked Derek Rose as well for your starting lineup? I sure did. I, for, and for a lot of the reasons that Mike just listed, um, I think best value, I, I, I am very concerned because I think a lot of these names, especially, um, I would say particularly the ones in the, in the modern era, are the, the ones listed at one dollar two dollars are much better players than um maybe this list gives credit for and i think derrick rose is a perfect example of that and i actually have another player of that caliber we'll get into when we get to that position um but yeah Der derrick rose uh at one dollar as my as my point Okay. I like that. I mean, I, I agree that that's a criminal. He's criminally undervalued also for, mm -hmm. for those of you listening. Um, Kyle Lowry is marked as $2 while Derek Rose is marked as one. And I guess if you look at over their career and health and whatnot, you know, it kind of 
doesn't make sense still. So um, worth mentioning, Kyle, really quick that we didn't yeah. make this graphic. This came from uh, Estutacho. I can't even say this right. Uh, at Twitter, Estutacho Reality, something like that. He's at EVR ten twenty two. So that's where I got. I got on Twitter from um, this guy Estutacho's account. So. Um, there are definitely, this is kind of based on, I guess, his opinion of where players are, but um, worth mentioning mm-hmm. that we necessarily don't agree with all of the rankings of how he did the, the dollar, uh, everything. So Kyle, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um, so I know this is a little controversial in this friend group because a lot of people don't like him, but I did pick Kyrie Irving for my point guard um, mm-hmm. at $2. I felt like that was not a bad value for money at all. I really did want um, my boy Dollar Dame, but $4 was a little bit steep. Uh, for a point guard. I wasn't really ready to pay for that. I kind of looked into it thinking, you know, is Kyrie worth it or am I just a fanboy bitch? Uh, turns out he actually has averages more points per game than Charles Barkley, Dwayne Wade, Hakeem Olajuwon, Brake Griffin, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Bradley Beal, like Dirk Nowitzki. So he certainly is going to give you a good impact on the court. He's averages almost six assists a game. Um, and I just feel like the 2016 finals proved that the man could play under any kind of pressure in any situation. Uh, Tom, who did you choose for your point guard? Well, speaking of men who could play in any type of situation under any under under any type of pressure, I splurged a little bit and I went with Steve Nash. Of course you did. Wait, wait, so, what? No way. <laughs> Shocking. So my psychology behind this pick. Yeah, I know it's uh, you guys. Your favorite player. You know, if you're going to spend money on a point guard, you go with uh, Steph Curry. But Steve Nash is arguably the best. Uh, you know had the best vision of, of the court of any player of all time. Um, pretty much single-handedly, well, I wouldn't want to say single-handedly, but took the Suns to the Western Conference Finals twice, once where he broke his nose and then, you know, hit a three to put them into overtime. Like, guy shot 90.4% from the free throw line over the course of 15 years. So... If there's anybody that you need in the fourth quarter to help you win a game, it's that guy. And, like, lastly, if you ever check YouTube for Steve Nash highlights, it's just absurd, like, what that man does with the basketball. It's freakish. Um, Not to mention he shot 42% from three. So, Yeah, not bad at all. That's my my pick. To note on on the Steve Nash thing, and I think, like you said, people would normally splurge on Steph Curry. I think that that's part of the issue with this list is that it really undervalues uh, players from, like, 2005 to, like, 2012 that are really excellent. And, I mean, Steve Nash is five bucks. It's not undervaluing. But we're talking about just for bang for your buck, the 50-40-90 club. So 50% for field goals, 40% for three-pointers, and 90% for free throws. Steve Nash has twice as many – seasons in that club than anybody else. Larry Bird is next with two. Everybody else, the remaining six other participants in that club have only one, and that's Mark Price, Reggie Miller, Dirk, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry. So not bad company that he won four times. I think as we go through this, we should also bring up any gripes we had in terms of valuations. And maybe this won't be shared by everyone, but I certainly believe that Darren Williams being the same value as Russell Westbrook. Oh, my God. Fucking I wanted to cry out though. Yeah, so Darren Williams at three dollars. I'll say for for our listeners who are not watching this uh, and can see the graphics. So Darren Williams was listed at three dollars, same with Russell Westbrook, and then below him was Kyrie, Kyle Lowry, Baron Davis, and Derrick Rose, who I all I believe all of them are better. You could interchange Darren Williams and Baron Davis. Like Baron Davis was 
Let's just say I, I, Darren, I, Williams, I, Darren Williams did play great basketball, but he played great, great basketball for about four years. With, with so, the Jazz. Yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's put it this way. He was pretty sick with the Nets, too. New Jersey Nets, yes. Oh, the season Nets. where they won 18 games? Yeah, they, they, they blew the lights out. Let's just say I was really – guys, I was really pissed when, when in, like, 2016, Darren Williams passed me on all-time finals point scored list with the with, Cavs. With one, right? With one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, quickly, if I could actually list the guy I chose. Um, so, you guys all went the modern era, which is interesting. I actually decided to go the antique era with my point guard. Wow. And this – this so, I, I know I mentioned I had chosen Derek Rose with the bench. We'll get – like I said, get to that later. My point guard I chose – and Tommy, you'll appreciate this thing more than anybody. I chose one dollar antique era Bob Cousy. Yeah, baby. I didn't know that. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great now Bob Cousy. Let me let me say this. So I again, we're all in our mid twenties. We didn't actually get to watch Bob Cousy play, but from what I have heard about him and and seen on YouTube with him, he was a absolute dimer. He, yeah. I believe, uh, if I'm right about this, I think he. Uh, was the assist champion in the NBA eight times in his career. So he is just diming every single season. He won the NBA championship six times, 13-time All-Star. I mean, he's just a you know, very good passer, very good defender. Won the MVP in 1956, FYI. So okay. figured go the uh, the old route, the Coos, the Houdini of the hardwood. And he so, was a lefty, too. He was a lefty. Oh, that is so, weird. Yeah. Southpaw. Yeah, when he was little, I guess he was little. He broke his arm, I guess, twice, but he still wanted to play basketball. So he just started playing with his left hand Mm. and he naturally became a lefty over the course of like two years, which is ridiculous. That's crazy. So, yes, I I chose Bob Cousy. Shout out to our friend Matt, who I know we nicknamed him Coos, which uh, Mm. that's a whole nother story to review what everyone said. So Mike and Pat both said Derek Rose. Uh, for their point guard at one dollar, Kyle said Kyrie at two, and Tommy said Steve Nash at five dollars. So so far, everyone has not totally destroyed the budget yet. So that's good to say. Well, Tommy's breaking the bank to start. He's a third of the way <laughs> well, there already. Yeah, but Steve Nash is the floor general. I'm right. setting this up. I'm setting my team up for success by that first draft pick. Well, we'll All right. So that. yeah, now I want to move to shooting guard because there is a lot of options for shooting guard here. Um, a lot of talent. one thing worth mentioning by the way so you if you again not watching and you can't see this there is a seven it goes from six dollars to one dollar in order of uh, how much you can spend per position each category for the modern era to antique era has a seven dollar goat category so for this modern era the seven dollars is lebron james for the classic era seven dollars is michael jordan and for the antique era seven dollars is kareem abdul jabbar so those are options but obviously that blows your budget out of the water if you want to use that. So we'll Kareem, lose- Abdul- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar slash Roger Murdoch, airline pilot. <laughs> Who did everyone choose for shooting guard? And we'll go in reverse order this time. We'll start with Tommy. Who did you choose for shooting guard? I went with good old AI. Okay. Yep, AI was a $3 pick. I went with AI because, I mean, duh. Very Yeah, because duh, exactly. I think Tommy, we're that- on the same page, man. Yeah, I think AI was actually such a bargain at $3. I mean, he's the seventh all-time points per game scorer. Yeah. Behind only Kevin Durant, Jerry West, LeBron James, Wilt Michael and Elgin Baylor. And like, 6 6.2 assists per game. I'll take that for yep. what almost 27 points a game to pair that yeah. with. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. When and he started balling, he was young. Yeah, yeah. Him and Steve Nash paired up together. Oh, shit. That would that's be pretty a pretty wild backcourt. So. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. disgusting. I'm kind of here for that. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm with Tommy on that. So that, that simplifies my response. Pat, what do you have at shooting guard? Or who do you have? At shooting guard, I selected the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Okay. Okay, interesting. So you and so you and Tommy have both spent a lot of money on. So no, I Derek Rose with one with one dollar and Jordan for seven dollars. So I've spent right, so about half my budget. Both Pat and Tommy are both eight dollars right now. Both more than fifty percent of your budget. I'm bargain shopping from now on. All right, it's so just, well, it, it's just that just happens to be the side of the lineup that's that amount of money. If we stopped from the opposite order, it probably would have been the inverse, sirs. Well, there you have it. Mm-hmm. So, Pat, not not to start another debate because I want to make sure we stay on track with getting the teams in in a you know orderly fashion. But is you choosing MJ over LeBron a statement about who you think the best player of all time is? It's yeah, not. I'll answer uh, the question for him, and no, yes. you won't. Okay. It, it has nothing to do with that. It's the fact that I couldn't pick three players from one era so that's the yep. that's the maximum player rule there at play fair enough yeah that screwed okay. me over a little bit too mm-hmm. that is definitely one of the challenges in this is that you you could really pick anyone from any one of these eras because obviously this, this list is all of amazing players but you have to choose only two per era as a maximum so you have to ha- at least choose one from each and you can only mm-hmm. have a maximum of two so it makes and, it tough yep. and when yeah. i had the when i had the choice not that i didn't like not that i hate people from the antique era so obviously a lot of people who could ball. I just think the generation now uh, is just big. They're bigger, stronger. Um, they shoot better, like just as a whole. So that's why I tend to lead towards the newer era. Yeah, no, I agree. Again, no hate on the, the antique guys. Yeah. Um, totally not, not, that, not that I hate. Who's this? Oscar George Robinson. Me- George Meekhan. I was going to go with Derrick Rose <laughs> over him. Fair. Fair enough. No, that totally makes sense. Um, all right, so Mike, to you, what is your pick for shooting guard? Just all right. caveat, real quick. Why is oh, Oscar yeah. Robinson a $6 pick and Russell Westbrook is a $3 pick? Just saying. Well. Russell Westbrook is overvalued. Two players average triple doubles. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but didn't Oscar Robinson win like two or three titles? Yeah, but Russ had that's, that's, seasons that's... of averaging triple doubles, didn't he? Yeah, he did. they have. Russ actually has the most triple doubles in NBA history, doesn't he? Yeah, he so does. why is he a, a three dollar pick compared to a six? Just say, I mean, I, I, I know I, Tommy, no, that, I agree fair. completely. I agree that's completely. Fair. It's just something that I caught the first like checking. The first uh, I, guess, I, I think you're right. Isn't that because Oscar Robertson like actually facilitated a team to succeed, whereas Russell Westbrook <laughs> is just like a cancer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, yeah, Mike, to you, what's what's your pick for shooting guard? All right, so this was actually my last pick, which is why I kind of I spent all my money in the modern and the classic era and I had to pick someone from the antique era, but it actually, to someone who's a fairly new basketball fan, it brought me into somebody from a very long time ago, a actually an ABA legend, eventually NBA legend, but uh, George Gervin, who for those of you who don't know, was an absolute stud between like 75 and 82, 83 at his prime. He was averaging 33 points a game. Wow. I was an absolute stud on the floor, shooting over 50%. Yeah. He was always good for a couple of rebounds. He was actually – he was pretty big. He was like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, but he was a skinny little dude. But he could shoot. The guy had hands. Whatever they estimated his long-range shooting was like over 35%. So he was – you know, he was a pretty solid pick. 
he was my one pick. He was a little expensive, more than I would have liked to have picked. Someone I don't didn't know that much about, but when you know I needed a shooting guard, I had four bucks to spend. I figured I'd go for the most value there, and um, that's who I came up with. Okay, no, that that may, I actually looked into George Gervin too, uh, Mike, because I was I, I always like to do my research to see like who everybody is. There are some names I hear that admittedly I actually I'm not even aware of, so I tried to look up to see everybody. Um, but yeah, George Gervin was a baller from what I was able to see. So he averaged, I think, 25 or 26 points throughout his whole career. So he, he clearly, clearly killed it. So for me, quickly, my shooting guard, uh, hate me if you will, but I ended up going with Done. Clay Thompson. No, that's, listen, if you need someone who is just automatic at that position and you have a good point guard, I mean, Clay's, oh, Clay's a good shot. I so think, that was my thinking. So Bob Bob Cousy, I chose him because I knew he was a dimer. And then Clay Thompson, at least him and Ray Allen, I would say, are the two best spot-up shooters I think I've ever watched. Clay Thompson is unbelievable. He's When he's on, he's automatic. He doesn't miss. Yeah, so I agree. having someone who's able to shoot the three and stay on the outside is something that was important to me in building the team. He is a 42% uh, career three-point shooter. He's averaged 22 points a game for his entire career. I mean, he's he's done he's done well, so – you got to figure too, like if, if you're hypothetically, if we're listing all these teams here and obviously we're going to compare them and be like, oh, well, who has the edge in this category? And compared to someone who might have selected an antique era player for that particular position, shooting guard, uh, I don't think there's, well, there's some obviously some very good players, Oscar Robinson clearly being one of them, but do you really see him shutting down Clay Thompson from three? No. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Clay Thompson was I, – I kind of bounced back and forth between um, Clay and AI, but I, I settled with AI just because of the, the step over, quite frankly, mm-hmm. and just that murderous instinct that that man has to right. just win. We're going to move on to small forward now, but just to give everyone at home an update of where we're all at with budgets. So I am at $4. Bob Cousy was 1. Clay was 3. Tommy's at 8. Steve Nash was 5. AI was 3. Kyle is at 5. Kyrie was 2. AI was 3. Pat is at eight, D-Rose was one, MJ was seven, and then Mike is at five as well. D-Rose was one, George Gervin was four. So that's where everyone stands right now with their budget. So cool. let's move to small forward. We'll start with Pat this time. Who'd you choose for small forward, Pat? Ooh. So I selected, so I, I, you guys might have remembered, uh, I alluded to the fact that there might have been another undervalued player I know exactly who you picked. Yeah, I think we picked oh, the same person. We all know who you picked. I listed this uh, in, the, in the pregame talks. Uh, it's Camarillo Anthony, who is, I think we all agreed, just bitterly undervalued at $1, if we're talking prime, which we, which we clearly are. Carmelo Anthony in his prime is arguably the best mid-range shooter in the history. One of the be- like best, yeah, like, exactly. Yep, 100%. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to save I mean, everybody a lot of time. I also picked Carmelo Anthony because that was an absolute sin. Like 2011 to 2014, Carmelo Anthony, or like even 06, that. 07, no. 08. You know, basically anytime he was in the end of his time in Denver and the beginning of his time with the Knicks, like that's the beginning all the way basically through the second to last year, he was still absolutely lights out. It was just that last year where he was just like, I'm done. I mean, when he was in Denver, you know, the best defense is a good offense. Is like the whole Mike D'Antoni, George Carl yeah. basketball. Is like, he murdered that. He absolutely yeah. killed it. And then he had those pieces around him that would just feed him, like Chauncey Billups, literally just tossing him the ball. Yeah. 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 He didn't play defense, so it worked. Yeah, exactly. Still doesn't. But, he I mean, now he's a billion years old. Well, in my mind, he's kind of like the OG James Harden 
But yeah. I feel like Melo is a more well-rounded player. And a more likable human being. He actually cares. Well, that too. Deep, but... like, like, he actually puts at least a little bit of effort into defense. Yeah. Now, that see, I actually, I want to hear all your thoughts on this because as a Knicks fan, I was able to see this firsthand as I know you, all you guys were as well. I actually think Melo in his career was more effective playing the four as opposed to the three. I agree. He was very effective. Are you, from the are you alluding to his to time more in Denver or his time more in New York? Or, or no, both? his time in New York. So when, mm-hmm. um, I guess, 2013, 2014, when Sotomayor got hurt and he missed all that time, Melo played the four mm-hmm. and the Knicks were unbelievable because the it was just a mismatch every time. An important it was thing Raymond to Felton and then you had JR oh. and then you had Shumpert who can – who had elite? I mean, talk about hops and springs yeah. in his legs. Also, Iman Schumper was an elite defender uh, during his time. Beyond elite, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you had, I mean, you had, um, God, Jesus Christ, Tyson Chandler at the five. I mean, that's a hard team to beat so that's, in, their, that, in all their primes. That was going to be my comment because it was tough because Amari Stoudemire's time and Tyson Chandler's time with the Knicks, um, they didn't really, their peaks with the Knicks really didn't overlap too much. And mm-hmm. I think that had something to do with, you know, at, at the four and five positions, it, the way they played found it difficult to share the paint. And to Dan's comment, um, putting Melo at the four allowed either Stoudemire or, or Tyson Chandler to play that five. And ball, that's yeah. where it kind of meshed really well. They were able to spread the floor too because, I mean, JR and Shump could shoot the three and, and Felton just had eyes in the back of his head. Goat, goat Ray Felton. <laughs> Fat Raymond Felton. <laughs> what a guy. Uh, and Steve Novak off the bench. Fucking elite. Oh. Steve Novak. Yeah. Big Steve Novak stands here. We stand, we stand Steve Novak. Oh, big Jesus time. Jesus Christ. That was Linsanity era as well, right? Yeah, yeah. and Jeremy Lin coming off the bench. Not a bad alternative. Yeah, for yeah. real. That was when they were... Yo, Steve Novak, absolute 2K freaking cheat code. Glitch, yeah. The amount of times I lost yeah, 2K, 2K to one of these assholes who picked Steve Novak is ridiculous. Because you just stand there at the top, you're like, okay, Steve, go to the corner, go to the corner, go to, exactly. okay, good, bang, bang. <laughs> and I was done. open on the wing every time, every single fucking time. Oh, yeah, God. all this talk about Melo though is completely ridiculous. That he's one dollar along with Panda Fucker Ron Artest, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> yeah, um, Panda love friend. to Panda's friend, Panda of friend who gives a shit. Meta World Peace at the time. Um, I, heard he, I heard he changed his name again. He no, did. He did. What, what did he Panda change? Friend. Uh, you know, you it's know not what? Panda I, friend. No, he it, changed it, it again. again and you know that. what? It is. I don't give a shit, and nobody should. So, end of discussion. Fair enough. Well, Come so on. quickly, just it's to go oh, back again. So, Kyle and Tom, did you guys also choose Mello, or did you guys choose? No, Mello? I would have chosen <laughs> Mello had we not had the two-player restriction. But I made an antique error pick that I okay. did some research into. Yeah, so I chose Billy Cunningham. Ooh, um, okay. Who I don't know if anybody really knows who the fuck this guy is, just because he played so long ago. But these are his career stats. 21.2 points per game, 10.4 rebounds per game, four assists a game. He was a champion as a player and a champion as a coach. Uh, He was the ABA MVP at one point. He was three-time all-ACC first team um, in in college. Absolute baller. Um, Mm -hmm. And could just spot up shoot from pretty much anywhere from what I was reading. Uh, So not a bad three. Nice and long and skinny. Uh, Can run the floor. And could handle the ball too, so I was very happy with that at three dollars. He was my only antique era pick, uh, as much as it pained me that I couldn't pick Carmelo Anthony because I am one of the bigger Carmelo Anthony stands on earth. I would like to think. 
I do know that. And also, um, <laughs> Billy Cunningham is at two, actually. So you actually, it's even oh, cheaper. Oh, yeah, two, sorry. Yeah, I got, I got him at two. Yeah, yeah, because I was able to make another change as well. I love yeah. looking at these guys from the antique era that played for like ABA teams that don't even exist anymore. Uh, he played <laughs> for the Carolina Cougars. And yeah. uh, Durbin played for the Virginia Squires. Makes me think of when you watch uh, Sammy Pro and they have like the, yeah, the Flint Tropics and then like occasionally they mix in like the, the Spurs. Um, wait, so Tommy, so who did you pick then uh, for your shooting guard? Or small forward, sorry. I picked uh, Paul Arizon. So Ooh, he, okay. he, he's an antique pick for a dollar. Um, had no idea who he was and was like really wanted mellow, but I couldn't really situate him in there. So I checked this guy out. He played for the Philly Warriors throughout the 50s and the 60s. Uh, Love that. Average 22.8 points a game, uh, 8.6 rebounds. He um, was also a total badass. He sat out from 1951 to 1954 to go serve as a Marine in the Korean War. And then came, pretty much came back, won uh, MVP, and took a championship. So, a total balls. Yeah. Damn, okay. Total balls. Right. Well, yeah, to wrap up the uh... – small forward position i ended up choosing from the classic era the human highlight film himself dominique wilkins so i had him on my uh, secondary team so i made a second team and he was he was on it he was just i don't know if you see highlights of him dunking it is phenomenal he's unbelievable i I, I wanted him but i couldn't facilitate the dollar spend with the with the four or five combo that i was looking at yeah well you see pat so your point so everybody knows Dominique Wilkins because of the dunking, but he was an unbelievable player in his time too. He won a nine-time All-Star, won the scoring title in 1985, um, seven-time All-NBA selection. He won the Rookie of the Year in 82. Um, just an unbelievable talent. Uh, averaged 25 points per game throughout his career, seven rebounds. Like he, he was a very well-rounded player beyond just his dunking ability. So, um, and he, he helped Spud Webb win the dunk competition one year. He, he did. He did yeah. do that. That is also that he a did. fact. Yeah, was there anyone uh, – quickly to go over here because I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Looking especially at the modern era of this list, is there anyone that you guys felt was way too high on this list in particular for at least Paul the modern Pierce. era? Meta Paul World Peace should not be on that list. Let's start with that. Paul Pierce. Yes. That's um, exactly what I was thinking too, Kyle. I don't think Paul Pierce should be a He's five. not a $5 player. I'm sorry. I'd rather have Vince Carter any day of the week. And even fucking Paige Stoyakovic, quite frankly, who was an absolute Maybe, unit Chris, of a man. Chris Middleton, I don't think, should be on the list. I agree. Chris good. Middleton should be there. But he's not. I like, would swap Paul. If, if you have to keep Paul Pierce there, Paul George is taking his place. In Paige my opinion. Stoyakovic definitely worth the money. Absolute definitely. beast, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, I don't know about three bucks. See, uh, I would switch Jimmy Butler and Mello. I think Mello should be a three and Butler yep. should be a one. That, yeah, I'll allow that. Yeah, I'm okay with yeah. that. How the hell is Jimmy Butler above Mellow? Jesus Christ. Jimmy Butler, yeah, I'm telling I you, they just figure it out. There's so much hate for people that played like in the mid 2000s and early 2000s. There's, yeah. Knicks, there's a lot of Knicks hate on this list, too. Okay, so you guys are going to hate me, and I like, him. That. I like him as a person, and I just think he's really overvalued. I think Manu at $4 is a little bit much. Well, in the previous category. Yes, oh, I agree. The shooting guard. Yeah, yeah. 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 Dude, Manu is – well, first Manu's of all, in that same category, he's not a scorer. Luka Doncic is also at four, and I don't know if he's earned that just yet. He's had a great yeah. first couple of years. Yeah. Really good year. I don't know if he's there yet. But, yeah, Mike, to your point, Manu is very much the epitome of the sixth man. 
he has been the sixth man on it's what that's six man in NBA history. I, I would absolutely agree with that. Jamal I think he's the best Crawford, six man. Oh, yeah. Jamal Crawford, Which is also surprising. Gets, that he's my man gets no love. That's shocking to me. Who actually killer. maybe joined the Lakers in the next couple of weeks. I so saw that. We'll get to that I later. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Dudley is going to sit out. Avery Bradley. Or Bravey Bradley, sorry. Jared Dudley was talking smack about him today, I think. Jared Dudley's a piece <laughs> of shit. Jared Dudley should be the last person well, who ever talks well, about yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have Pat, Pat Beverly started doing it. I think all the uh, low hanging fruit, worthless assholes in the NBA decided that that was their cue to open up. Wait, so, Mike, so to your point, based on statistics, you don't think Manu deserves the $4 position? I don't think a guy who, is, I mean, obviously, Manu, great player and a huge piece of that Spurs dynasty and the success that they had. And Pop himself was like basically Manu's, you know, 50% of the reason why we do this, and I'll work him until he dies on the court. But, I don't know, a guy who averaged like 13 points a game and a handful of rebounds and a handful of assists with, you know, six-man minutes, I don't know if he's worth $4 on a list. Um, Ever see that man in a playoff game, though? Oh, oh, no, he's a definition he's of clutch. Yeah. He's the definition of clutch, but here's the thing. Is he better? This We're talking about players in their prime. Is he a like, better player in his prime than Allen Iverson? No. Yeah, but the, I feel like the clutch factor is important in that. But Allen Iverson was clutch as a motherfucker. That's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. No, MVP, I, honestly, if, if it were up to me, I would switch up Doncic and AI. I think I put AI at four. Doncic, I would even put Doncic at two. I would maybe. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna switch Clay and Manu just because I think Clay's ability to knock the lights out cannot be undersold. Doncic is too young to be on this list, in my opinion. Yes. But, Maybe they're considering bar. prime. They're considering prime. So you had one good season. Yeah. That's enough to be considered a prime. That's why guys like Doncic are on this on this yeah. list. Fair. But uh, should we should we move on to our fours? I say yeah. yeah. We should we should move on to power forward because this is actually a really uh, interesting group of guys. Um, Agreed. I don't know if if you guys agree with me. I actually couldn't even tell you one person in the antique era in terms of power forward. I, I uh, Bobby Jones actually knew. But everyone else, I had no idea. So. McAdoo. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know anybody else. Ben McAdoo. <laughs> yeah, Ben McAdoo's. <laughs> don't give us PTSD. Father. No, but Kyle, let's uh, start with you this time. Who did you choose for your four? Uh, so my four, I chose the round mound of rebound, Charles Barkley. <laughs> Good pick. Just an absolute savage. Twenty-two points a game, eleven point seven rebounds. Um, will fight to the death for any ball. Uh, and generally oh, a pretty hysterical talker. person. Yeah, great shit talker. And, you know, his broadcasting skills are terrible. So that's what I really <laughs> want. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Kyle. I picked yeah, up. so I, I unfortunately couldn't uh, facilitate it with the, the spend, um, but I really did want uh, Carl Malone. But Same. I got oh, that. I'll take Charles Barkley. I'll take him. That's not a problem. I was going to say, at the end of this, that was going to be my pick that I – my one pick that I couldn't get that I would want. Same. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't make it work. So I, I sold the farm and I spent the six bucks on Carl Malone because as someone Ooh. who just loves Carl Malone, um, you know, I was Great actually, player. I was talking this over with one of my coworkers a little bit beforehand. He's a big basketball fan. He does the old, Oh, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. Like gave me all that shit. And I was like, you know what? We're discussing this on a Wednesday. So I think I'll be okay. <laughs> But uh, no, Carl Malone, I mean, number two all time in scoring, uh, just an absolute beast. Sorry, he had a little bit of like a lackluster end to his career with the Lakers, whatever he was, I think, right at the end. But, you know, amazing through the 90s. 
If I had to pick somebody, obviously Jordan's the GOAT candidate, but he's got to be right up there with, you know, top two, top three players from, yeah, from that the, uh, the 1980s, 1990s. Yeah, I yeah absolutely. Four steals a game, too. That's good. That's For really a big guy, that's crazy. Big, okay, at, his, at yeah. his height, he was averaging, like, over 30 Every points pound? a game. He was averaging like almost two blocks, two steals, over 10, 12, rebounds. yeah, 12 rebounds. I mean, he was an absolute beast. And I think just it was worth spending the $6 on somebody like that um, just to get that. Cause I think it, what he did, he, that's very translational to against any of these players. Like nobody's going to stop him. Yeah. That's why, that's why, that's why I picked Barkley. Cause he's just a human refrigerator. Yeah. So Tom, what about you? Who did you pick for number four? Oh, I picked Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah, yeah Tom. Okay. Yeah, ma'am. All right. Hell, yeah. I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. Winning. So, so I guess it's Pat now. Who did, who did you pick for your four? Very let curious. Me, let me tell, tell you, young man. Let me tell oh, you. No. Um, I'm afraid. So, I picked at my four Patrick Ewing because that is another one that is just – I saw and was like, how, how – mother of God, who put him this low compared to everyone – else and obviously Patrick Ewing is listed as a center but we agreed beforehand this is just who's playing that position and mm-hmm. I have someone who as my five will supersede Patrick Ewing uh, mm-hmm. I think sure. at least for the five because Patrick Ewing was kind of was also very versatile at least more versatile than I think maybe this the person I have at my five but um, yeah Patrick Ewing I don't uh, I'm, I'm looking at some of these other people at three and just like I don't think anyone's even close. I, I would consider, based on his statistics and even longevity, that Patrick Ewing was probably top five overall players at the time, or maybe top three even. I don't know. He just gets a lot of hate because he played for the Knicks. That, that's, so that's my, the whole point. If you look at my entire team thus far, um, and newsflash, it might look a little bit similar for my last pick. Four of the five players on my list played for the Knicks at one point. I mean, Derek Rose, that obviously isn't his prime. But, yeah, the Knicks hate on this list. Uh, not Very surprising, rough. but if we're, if we're going individual talent, I, I don't really know how you can pass up Patrick Ewing. I agree. To close power forward, for me, I ended up actually going the budget route uh, in the classic era and actually choosing Sean Kemp. So, from the Seattle Supersonics, no longer a thing. My favorite, uh, my second favorite defunct team. <laughs> First, uh, Who, who's number one? Yeah. Or from yeah. Whalers. Oh, of course. Oh, fair. But I feel like Sean Kemp is someone who is a very underappreciated player in his time. Um, so for at his peak, he was averaging 18 points a game, averaging 11 boards, uh, two plus blocks per game. Uh, definitely a really good defensive player as well. So maybe not the offensive powerhouse that some of the other guys are on the list, but. Uh, thinking about again the total team that I have, I have my offensive, you know, forces and Clay, Dominique Wilkins, and we'll get to the center in a second. But I wanted to have someone who could really be like a defensive anchor, so I chose Sean Kemp for that reason. I get big uh, Greg Monroe vibes from him. A better version of Greg Monroe, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> Greg Monroe, just total flub out of the gates. He just he I wouldn't say that. What did Greg Monroe do? He was good. He was pretty he had like a good season, season and a half and then he for stopped. For the Bucks, right? Yeah. He's not Bucks, on this list. There's no reason why on. we should be comparing anybody on the list to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very fair. I think maybe a little bit for the Pistons. animal on the box. 
Okay, so what I think we should do is figure out what everybody's got going into their final pick. In I, was, I, I did the math. So okay. to let got? everyone know where they're at right now. So Mike, going into your final pick, you're at $11. Pat, you're at 12 Kyle, you're also at 12 Tommy's at 14 so Tommy's a dollar away. And I'm at 9 So that's where everyone's at. got a big hands. pick coming up. Who's your big $6 pick? So yeah, Dan, why also, don't you go first? I'll go first this time, but um, worth mentioning Wait, as well. Wait, Dan, I, I, think I'm at, I think I'm at 12. I have you at – well, D-Rose is one. Uh, Gervin was four. Mello was one. Can Mike not count? So six – oh, you are at 12. Sorry. So six. Oh, Dan, Dan, can't, no, Dan count. can't count. It's okay. But so I can't count. I know who you picked. Dan. But, Dan, um, I was hoping Mike would be wrong there. <laughs> well, <what laughs> sorry. I, I have it written very, very small at the top of my notebook here, so I, I must have mixed up the number. But, um, As we always do, math is a really, a really cool, cool thing. thing. Oh. <laughs> uh, Cringy, okay. Okay, so, so, so Dan, who'd you pick? For my center pick, I was really torn because there were the three or four six dollar guys here are all fantastic in their own way. Mm. But I ended up going with Shaq. I knew it. Big Diesel. <laughs> I, to me, well, it would have had to have been Shaq or Hakeem the Dream. I, I, I respect Bill Russell, but Hakeem was unstoppable in his time. Hakeem so was Shaq. unbelievable. Bill Russell, I think, still has the record for um, rebounds in the season. I think he has like an average of 27, 28 rebounds per game one That's year. Nuts. But I went with Shaq because Shaq, in the prime of his career, the last couple of years in Orlando and then when he first joined up with Kobe in L.A., was the full package. He – Averaged 24 points per game. He was three-time all-defense during that period. He averaged almost three blocks per game. Um, he actually won, I think, MVP of the finals like three or four times. He was an uh, MVP candidate every year. Like Shaq was just an unbelievable talent, and he was so well-rounded, even though he's just a massive seven-foot-one, 340-pound massive human. But he's just tremendously athletic. He plays, does everything well. Uh, can't really shoot all that well, but you don't need to when you're that big. So no. I figured I wanted a really big, um, well-rounded center to kind of close things out. So I, I went with Jack. Not a bad pick. I think pretty respectable. Yeah. So I also want to give a nod to Tim Duncan, though, because Tim Duncan, I don't know if I qualify him as like a, a true center because I feel like he played poor a lot of his career, too. Yeah, I think he's a six four. Tim Duncan is, as again, as clutch as they come, just always know what you're going to get with him. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I've got to give a nod to him and the team, but. I, I would choice. definitely uh, put Dwight Howard over Tim Duncan. <laughs> That's another thing. Dwight Howard at five dollars is also a little wild, but yeah, we'll we'll start with uh, we'll go with Tom this time. Tom, you you tell us who you your center pick is. No, no, no. I was gonna say with one dollar, if you picked anybody but Dikembe Mutombo, I was gonna yell at you. Yeah, Dikembe. Uh, Yao Ming. I'd still rather have Dikembe Mutombo. So would I. Dikembe Mutombo with a. What is it? A two? I think it was a two dollar pick or the dollar, dollar, oh, yeah, dollar pick, singular dollar. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, averaged over ten rebounds a game, two point eight blocks a game to average your career. That's ridiculous. That is insane. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. And then, you know, he's a character. <laughs> How could you hit good, good presence in the locker room. Good imagine, presence in the locker room. Imagine Steve Nash just lobbing him fucking balls from mid court, and then just, just yeah, that would be easy. Defense. Hell yeah, that would be very easy. Um, Kyle, so Dan, uh, I'll go. Uh, well, I pick Pat Ewing. 
because uh, okay. I, I had three dollars left and, and right. B, I abhor Joel Embiid. Um, and I think he's horrendously overrated. Yes, he is. Uh, so overrated. Also, Pat Ewing. I mean, Pat Ewing was just an animal and played in the Jordan era uh, with a great Knicks just team mi- that just just, just, just missed, missed being champions. More than, uh, at least, yeah, twice just missed. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, you, I, A, as a Knicks fan, you got to respect it, but 21 points a game and, and 9.8 rebounds a game across your career. Um, so, I, it's, it's just hard to, to need to give any more reason for picking him. I, I think that was the most logical thing I could have done. No, that that totally, he brought the Knicks back to life. He brought you know the whole city back to life when he was drafted. So, so Pat, we'll go to you, and then we'll finish up with Mike last. Sure. So I didn't think this was right, but I again I scoured this list, uh, memorized it even, um, and I was trying to find this player, and I couldn't I couldn't find him. So uh, this is a write-in, uh, Kurt Rambis. <laughs> L.A. Lakers. Shut the fuck. Up. Highly encourage you to YouTube oh some of his God. career highlights because they are, let me tell you, they're pretty spectacular. He has at least three rebounds there that not anyone was in six feet of him. So Dude, his, his, his really highlights are all like... Highlights, highlights are uncontested are rebounds. Uncontested rebounds <laughs> and a couple passes that resulted in a somewhat flashy dunk. And, and, and wide guy. open and wide open low to mid-range jumpers. Hell yeah. Pretty now, getting good stuff. That's my kind of ball. So, Pat, who would you really pick? He's good at creating separation. Um, so, my actual pick, uh, again, I was upset. I was upset. Well, Pat, first of all, I mean, clearly Kurt Rambis has had a big influence on not just your life, but all of our lives, really. I mean, he's just, just a great guy. But right? is it true that you have his jersey hanging in your room? Or it's not hanging in my room right now. It's hanging in my closet. Uh, oh, okay. It's one of my most prized <laughs> possessions, I would say. I've had it for a couple of years now. Um, really doesn't get enough love. I should definitely wear it out in public more often. You really should, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you embarrassed of your Kurt Rambis jersey, Pat? Absolutely not. Just, <laughs> it just, it's, a little, it's a little bit on the small side um, because I ordered it a little bit too small. So that's my only uh, hesitation. But that, not that is, that would stop me from wearing it. Is that your subtle way of telling us that you've just been getting yoked all quarantine? Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> he's just like, I don't want to break the str- – Basically, you don't like, want to rip it. You don't want to hulk it. I get you. He's just basketball Joe Dirt is what he is. <laughs> that's accurate. Him? That's a great that's, – that's a, that's a face of just bitter determination. <laughs> and just a bad, bad haircut. Just that's a, the face oh, of terrible. somebody who's good at basketball's nuts is about to be in his face, like at some point <laughs> in the next five minutes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's, the – I'm pretty sure that the Gregory's coffee place picked his face to be the face of Gregory's. <laughs> I'm watching, oh my God. I'm, I'm watching this uh, clip reel. Kurt Rambis does it all, and you're completely right. It just, it just, <laughs> just like rebounds to outlet pass and then wide open fucking mid-range jumpers. Well, we, we will absolutely be posting the Kurt Rambis highlight reel on our Instagram and on our YouTube channel. We'll, we'll be definitely putting that up for all of you to enjoy because it, it's truly a, a good, like, one-minute and 20-second compilation of his greatest moments in his career. So <laughs> we'll get that up there. But, um, Pat, I do want to hear who your actual pick is, even though I know the write-in campaign is, is – that, that, I feel like that would go well. I, I had to adhere to the list, all right? I couldn't yeah. break the rules we were given. <laughs> Why didn't you write in Scalabrini? Oh, um, my gosh. Because I didn't have uh, – if I were to write him in, I don't know. He's, he's worth like $8. Yeah, you're right. That kind of budget. $6 write-in, sorry. <laughs> you're, you're a real pick, Pat. 
Yeah, you guys are really trying to get my real pick out of me. Uh, I picked okay. Willis Reed uh, as my five for number for three dollars, which is I think again, um, he, he's my only antique era pick, and mm-hmm. I think he's only this is more continuous of the the Knicks hate because he was a great player. He's one of um, he probably was the best player on that Knicks team. I would say in the seventies, right? Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would give him the edge over Walt oh, Frazier. Too, so. But yeah, Willis Reed. I'm just looking at uh, I guess some of his career accolades. Willis Reed, I think, broke his leg and was like still not fully recovered, but came into the championship. So that's game. so that's why his career was probably it was cut short because I, I don't think he was probably ever the same. Not he fully healthy. Yeah, he career. was never fully healthy again. Uh, but his he stats. Won the, he won them the chip. Exactly, and big time. Seven of the ten years he was an All Star. Um, Funny know. thing, I actually shook his hand once at my uh, my godfather's wedding. Really? Yeah, his his uh w- his now wife, her father like was some uh, front office operations position for the Knicks, and he knew like a bunch of old Knicks. And I was hanging out with Will's Reed as like a five year old. That's well, wild! That's freaking cool! Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah, he's all right. Well, I want to get Mike's pick, and then I want to uh, quickly go over uh, the last couple of things, including any major problems we have with this list. But, Mike, who's your pick or center first? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think we've already went over this a couple of times. I had $3 left, uh, and I had one more pick left in the Classic era, so I went with Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. Um, just to really have a – besides just like a dominant scoring presence, also a fairly solid defensive guy and a large, large man. So I don't want to go into it. I know Pat picked him. Kyle picked yeah. him, and you know, so everybody's yeah. kind of went through it, but yeah, all on the same page. Okay, Patrick Ewing, su- severely undervalued, big time. I would agree with that. Wow. Okay, so that's that's good. I think we actually have five really good teams here, and I'm glad to see everyone actually used the full fifteen dollar budget. So just again for everyone at home, I'll go through everyone's team here and list them uh, from point guard down to center, so we all know ev- who everyone has. So Mike's team again from point guard to center: Derrick Rose, George Gervin. Carmelo Anthony, Carl Malone, and Patrick Ewing. Good team. <laughs> Pat's team, Derek Rose, Michael Jordan, Carmelo Anthony, Patrick Ewing, and Willis Reed. Kyle's team is Kyrie Irving, Allen Iverson, Billy Cunningham, Charles Barkley, and Patrick Ewing as well. Tommy had Steve Nash, Allen Iverson, Paul Arizian, Charles Barkley, and Dikembe Mutombo. That's lovely. Thank you, whoever drew that. Um, <laughs> and me, lastly, I had Bob Cousy, Clay Thompson, Dominique Wilkins, Sean Kemp, and Shaquille O'Neal. Do, whoever's doing that must be doing that uh, in honor of Patrick Ewing. Uh, I was going to say, we went the whole episode without talking about Patrick Ewing's <laughs> massive penis, but we didn't. That I'm, I'm kind of proud of us not doing that. Um, I, I think we're all above that now, but uh, no, <laughs> no, that's true, we're not. But uh, so one thing that's cool that we're going to try and do um, as part of our challenge here is we're going to actually have all of these teams be put into NBA 2K20, put them on blocktop, and see which team comes out victorious. We're going to do team versus team. We'll put up our, our little bracket that we're going to do, and uh, we'll see which team is truly the best. So no, nothing better than 2K to really decide these one ring. arguments from Ooh, basketball 40 years ago. So in each – Era. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I know we've already kind of you know, beat this list to death, but in each era, I want everyone to choose one person who maybe we've mentioned already, maybe we haven't, who has been severely either placed too high or placed too low. 
Mike, let's start with you. I, you know what? To be fair, to say, Tom, you could choose one person. You don't have to do all three. Uh, I don't know. We've already said it, and I think that someone severely undervalued would be Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony in his prime is, you know, a four, maybe even a $5 player on this list. And he's currently sitting at one. Um, so that's going to be my severely – I think it, most of them, and I think everyone might agree with me, is that most of these are going to come from the modern era. These Just because we know more about them. But not even that, just like I think that because there's two in each category, it allows you to give some comparison to what the valuation is. Like for each, when they did one through six, like you kind of just saw these players in order of one to six. But when you start comparing somebody like Carmelo Anthony to Ron Artest, and then you're like, wait a second, why are these two people valued the same? We start moving up the list like Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, Mm -hmm. um, even like Paul Pierce being at like five, I'm like, ah, I don't really, you start to not see it. Like, is he as good as yeah. T-Mac? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. Fair. Mm-hmm. Kyle, what do you think? Do you have um, one? I'm torn it's a tough my one. love it's, it's for tough. Carmelo Anthony and the fact that he's absolutely not a $1 player and the fact that I desperately hate Draymond Green. <laughs> but I'm going to have to go with Carmelo just because, like Mike said, it's just – it's obvious. It's obvious. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Definitely is. So that's that's me. That's my bet. So, Tom, would you agree? Would you say Carmelo as well? Well, for the sake of switching things up, yes, I do agree with you guys completely wholeheartedly. But I also mm. do think that fucking Andre Karolinko should not even be on this list. So, um, so I, I have another one like that. Um, I wanted to go mm-hmm. a little bit out of the box with some of each of my picks that are overrated. But I'll let you finish. Also, Tom. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, he, he, yeah, he was a, he was an above average, you know, player. But he's by no means should be like placed anywhere near the great power forwards of the two thousands up to current. Um, just think it's a misplacement totally yeah, yeah i agree the whole three dollar category is a little off in the, the power forward to the modern era i would i would agree with both of you guys for draymond and except Hunter for Link-O. so on my uh on my other team i i would make the exception of rasheed wallace who probably <laughs> deserves deserves better ball don't lie <laughs> dude my, home, my, my homie stademeyer is a friggin' a dollar ridiculous yeah. Give me Rashid Wallace and his who's prime your, over Who's your over-under valued player? Okay, so a couple immediately jump out at me for under. So Dwight Howard should not be a five. Yep, Joe Embiid should not be a three. Agreed. Um, I agree with, like I said, Kirilenko and Draymond should not be threes. Agreed. Um, I think if I could say one that I think should be higher, I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys agree with me. I think – in the antique era, going back a ways, I think Pete Maravich is actually a little low at three. I would agree with you there, sir. Yeah, well, Pistol so, Pete's also your boy, so you, you're not a you're not an unbiased opinion, Tom. Yes. So I was so going to make a Pete Maravich is a great player, um, great assist guy, great assist guy. See, I don't know if I could take. I don't know if I put him up at five or right uh, Clyde is, but I, don't know, I feel like three is just low. Maravich is an unbelievable player. Yeah, bump him the four. Yeah, we can give him the four. That's fine. And one other thing I wanted to hear from everybody. So part of the rules that we kind of expanded from here is we gave everybody an additional $4 budget to either do a sixth man or have a little bit of a bench. So did anyone actually take under that uh, responsibility and build themselves either a sixth man or a bench? Mike. I did. 
Yeah. So uh, the rules that we set for this was it was six man or uh, basically was, you had to somehow make a combination of three players. It was four dollars and one from each era. Did everyone respect mm-hmm. that, or are we just kind of be all over the place? Sorry, oh, I didn't well, thought the rules were four dollars to do a six man or a bench. I figured my oh, okay. bench would be two two dollar players or, or one of the three. That's what yeah, I was. Right. So you you could have done that. You could have done six man just straight up four dollars. So, um, uh, Mike, what did you decide? I have a three-person bench, and I also consider one of them maybe my six-man. So for two dollars, my modern player, and my probably my six-man would be Blake. Okay. Okay. Because I think yeah. he was a steal. Um, still is very like good, bucks, and now yeah. now he can mm. actually shoot three-pointers. So that's a pretty crazy player to be coming off the bench. Dunk uh, three-pointer. More well-rounded now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also would have taken Dikembe for a dollar, mm-hmm. and um, I took Bill Sharman. From the antique era, who was actually like kind of a stunt. Uh, let me pull up his stats. But I mean, it was a dollar, and I wanted to pick somebody from every uh, era to make up. And honestly, I think if you had That's to fair. make a legitimate, not just a blacktop team of five players, I think with those three players coming off the bench, you could have a pretty solid um, full game if you were able to sim that in some way, shape, or form. I mean, yeah, he was, you know, a solid 18 point per play, uh, game player, four time champion. One as a coach, won it five times as an executive. So he's had a pretty like NBA storied career. Played all over the place. Um, mm. Played for, so that's my pick. Not too bad. Okay. Uh, Pat, what about you? Who did you end up choosing for your sixth man or your bench with the four dollars extra? Quick notes, uh, really quick though, before we uh, for overrated and underrated. One, Drew Holiday should not be on this fucking list. Agreed. Agreed. Um. And I think Earl the Pearl Monroe should be a little bit higher. And I have no problem. What else did I have? Uh, that's really. Uh, I'm blanking so on my we, third one, but I guess. So Maravich my... should be four, and then Earl should be three, probably, right? I would assume. Yeah, shift them both up. I, yeah, I would say. And then tiny old Archibald go down to number two. Yes, that's fair. Um, yeah. And then my actual bench, uh, I alluded to him earlier, Rasheed Wallace, Sheed. During his time with the Nuggets, oh, could he? Yeah, beast. Oh, he was beast mode. Wall was squared, as they say, uh, mm-hmm. on that team. So, wait, you, you mean him, the Pistons? And Ben Wall. On Pistons, <laughs> yeah. is what I mean. Pistons. I'm yeah. sorry. I was like Todd Gonzalez, Rip Hamilton era. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so she so, had two, so you had two more dollars. So I had another bench spot. I was actually going to pick Gary Payton. Oh, um, okay. Who That's a good pick. Played for my defunct Seattle Supersonics team, <laughs> one of the most famous players. Uh, really good player. I think he was a ten-time plus All Star or something like that. Um, Sounds obscene. Really underrated, yeah. and, he, and his longevity was high too. He won. So I think he played in like the late '80s, maybe early '90s. And he played. Uh, he won a championship with the Heat. No six. He did. Mm-hmm. Pat, I actually, um, I'll get into it later too. I chose him as part of my bench too. He won uh, the '95 championship. Is nine-time All NBA uh, player. He won the championship in 06 with the Heat, like you said. Uh, nine-time All Defensive Player, and he was a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Wow! So, very impressive resume. Yeah, definitely. So, Kyle, to you, who who were your either six-man pick or your bench with the four dollars? So, I had a little internal conflict here because I did have my ideal six-man uh, in Dollar Dame at $4, but I felt like I'd rather have a little bit of a bench. And my boy Mello is a dollar, so we went with Carmelo Anthony. And to spend my remaining $3, I went with Russell Westbrook because regardless of 
what you think of him as a person. That boy can ball. Big time. That's for sure. So, Tommy, what about you? Who did you choose for your sixth man or bench with the four? I have my, I have my bench consists of two players, so I did end up taking Mello on my bench. Have to. Okay. Um, shout out to Portland. Um, <laughs> I took Mello and I took uh, Pete Maravich as a, as my refresh point guard. Okay. Okay. I like, I like that. that. If I had to guess Tommy's team, I probably would have guessed seven of the eight players he listed. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's because you played 2K with him three times a night for two years when we were in college, and he picked the same, like, 12 players. One quick point, because since I'm also choosing Mello, I think it's worth mentioning how absolutely BS it was that Mello went almost a year and a half without being signed to a team. How is that possible that he it's went that long without being signed? Delusion. No, but you know what? Pat, after a while, Mello came out and said, I will play a bench position. I will do anything. I just want to play. And still teams just – didn't want it to took months for him to be signed after that. Months, but was it a money thing? No, no, no because originally, He's originally it was nothing right now. Originally it was, but eventually he came around and realized, all right, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not going to get the big contract I want, so I'm going to come and be a bench player and and take less money. And teams just still didn't want him for some reason. I don't. I mean, I can understand the argument that Melo is not really the biggest team player in the world. Yeah, but what right. he brings offensively, like it's. it's I was arguing he's a top ten scorer in the league. Yeah. Based yep, on skill absolutely. Alone. Yeah. To this, yeah, I agree completely. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to Portland for being an incredibly well-run organization. That was what I really have to say about that. Yeah. Dude, he's that, old that as hell, averaging problem. like 16 points. The dream of the mid-2000s is alive in Portland. It is. <laughs> the dream it of is. the 90s is alive. End of the day, guy can shoot, guy can, guy can ball, so why not let him play? Exactly. Um, Hard guy not to pick. But my, my couple of picks real quick, and then, Mike, I'll, I'll go to you. Um, so I did also choose Melo um, for my bench. I had D Rose, both guys at a dollar, and then I also had Gary Payton. So three guys on the bench who can come off and ball and play in different ways. So Mike, uh, what were you gonna say? Uh, no, I just wanted to make something. I I just thought that the most controversial pick that was made tonight. Because I think everybody, like you said, had really good teams. I was just I was curious to hear Pat's reasoning behind. And I know this sounds crazy to, to even discuss, but why he picked Michael Jordan one of the GOAT players at $7 um, as opposed to anybody else and maybe spreading the wealth. Like, did you find that – do you think that Michael Jordan was going to be that much of a piece of your – and not, not to spark the debate on the Jordan-LeBron or, like, who is the greatest of all time or anything like that, but do you really think that the $7 on Michael Jordan was worth it? And I'm just kind of curious why. Absolutely, because of, of the underrated players I listed and then put on my team and should be higher. Fair. Okay. That's fair. So you yeah, splurge with the big one, and yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Between Ewing, Willis Reed, and Melo, and Derek Rowe, like those are all uh, obviously those are ones and threes, but arguably those should be threes and fives. I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Verbal meme: Patrick Ewing can't lose to uh, Michael Jordan if he's on the same team as him, and then just like the guy pointing to his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, poor, poor Patrick Ewing. Well, this was, this was really cool, guys. I'm glad we did this. I think, like I said, I think we all have really good teams. I'm going to be really interested to see if we can actually get the 2K thing to work and I can, you know, put it online so everyone can see as well how the teams all play against each other and be able to actually crown a inclusion we digress champion. But, uh, yeah. no, this, this was, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I feel like this was a lot of fun. This was a good yeah, way to I enjoyed it. to do it. Yeah. yeah. It was a blast. The only thing I can see wrong with the simulation is if the teams that are available in the past are not – 
available for these players in their prime. I don't think should be an issue for a lot of the older, like classic and antique guys, but some of the modern era guys who are on there, but aren't on their peak. Can you pick a I year? Think, for example, Derrick Rose. I doubt that Derrick Rose will be there. No, I think they have a, there's probably a Derrick Rose classic Bulls team. Yeah. But they, they, that Bulls team didn't never did anything. No, but oh, there's well, a team well, made up of the best players, I think, right in the new 2K, where it's just like all of these players in their prime and you can pull I was from. I say, so to 2K's credit, they've done a really good job with um, bringing in both classic teams. Um, they brought in all decade teams. They've also brought in all time team teams. So, like, they have like an all time Bulls team, all time Knicks team. So, Derek Rose right. would be on that all time Bulls team and it would be his prime um, years, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I would so, hope so. I'm sure, I'm sure we could find everybody we would need in that capacity somehow so yeah and if not then you gotta shop around and make a sub yeah we'll we'll, we'll figure it out but either way um definitely a fun activity for us to do um yeah and we'll obviously give you guys an opportunity as well we'll give you the opportunity you can vote on all of ours who you think uh which team out of the five of us is the best and then we'll also give this up to you guys you guys can make your own teams and, and tell us what you think as well so definitely want to see a lot of involvement from you guys uh on this topic so last couple of things before we close the episode today for me, just a, a quick note on baseball. Um, we had talked about it our last sports episode, how negotiations were stalled for a while. And finally, as of Tuesday, the 23rd of June, the players and owners finally uh, came to an agreement, even though it was kind of just forced on by the uh, commissioner. They finally figured out a way to put everything aside and just play. So they're going to have a 60-game season. Uh, spring uh, sp- Summer training, I should say, starts uh, next week, July 1st, and opening day is going to be the 24th. Uh, so each team will play 60 games, as I mentioned, 40 against your own division, and then 20 within your division counterparts. So, for example, uh, if you were in the NL East, you play 40 games against your NL East uh, opponents and then 20 games against the AL East opponents and, and vice versa. So uh, that'll be exciting. I know me personally, I'm – over the moon to have baseball back. It's such a huge part of my life. And I'm really happy that even though the players and owners both acted like a bunch of fucking babies in this whole situation, I'm happy just to have something to look forward to and, and baseball back to play. And I'm sure a lot of players are uh, just happy to be back as well. So really excited that it's coming through. Um, I know we also have a Pat fact. So Pat, we'll start with you with your Pat fact of the day. I'm excited. Oh, you know what that means. <laughs> what the fuck was that? It was a really bad attempt at him trying to put a cuckoo clock into it, but uh, you know Dan can do that stuff in post. I was gonna say I can edit that in if you want. Like you have to. I thought that was bad. A terrible sound effect on your phone. Yeah, just let him do these things in post. (laughs) So it was a bad sound effect, or like not even counting, accounting for the the, whatever's lost in the audio here. Um, Which probably. Were you going for the hip hop horn? Were you doing hip hop horn? (laughs) No, I was going cuckoo clock. Full cuckoo. (laughs) Because it's history. But I feel like hip hop porn is very much Pat's vibe. Yeah, but the cuckoo clock fits more with the history vibe. Yeah, I got, I don't know. It's the first thing that came to me. All right, let's not hyperanalyze. <laughs> let's focus on the history. Thank you. Okay. You get, give us our pat, our pat fact, Pat. We have two. I have two quick ones. That's okay. Yes. So the first one is on this day in 1314. So Dan already listed the day at the front of the episode. I'm not going to say it again. Robert the Bruce of Scotland, who's the the king, the, the, the royalty in Scotland at the time, uh, defeated King Edward II in the Battle of Bannockburn. Uh, so that, again, that was the, the year 1314. Um, so a lot of people, uh, Robert the Bruce is portrayed in the movie uh, Braveheart. 
But I, my question is, so Robert the Bruce kind of succeeded William Wallace in that movie and was uh, one of the earls, um, one of the dukes in, in Scotland. So my question for you is, given Mel Gibson's well-known hatred for marginalized groups, do you think looking back, he would have switched sides in that movie and, and joined the English? And yes. That would have affected the Battle of Bannockburn. No. <laughs> Robert the Bruce versus William Wallace. I, I feel I like... I want a full analysis. I want full, uh, thoughts. Okay, so here's my thought. He was just one dude. Yeah, he did a lot of, like, he did a lot of hyping motherfuckers up, but if one guy switches to the other side, like, his heart wasn't in it to begin with. So, full Benedict I mean, Arnold. I think, yeah, full Benedict Arnold. I mean, first of all, fuck that guy, and second of all, fuck that guy. Well, Benedict so, Arnold was, I mean, obviously he's a traitor, but he was also very much... Um, belittled for he did a lot of good stuff for the continental army early on and he was not fully never fully appreciated for that work obviously he's a scumbag for what he did it did um, treason i don't give a shit what he did beforehand i'm just saying if it wasn't for him they might have not gotten to that point but i don't know Could have showed we away. digressed we digressed there no I, I agree with you he's kind of a kind of an asshole he's got his name if it wasn't for that there would be benedict arnold schools across yeah the- Think about that for a second. Yeah, but it also wouldn't be weird. It, like it wouldn't be weird because we be wouldn't know that. the difference in a meta sense. Or if he like never got it's caught. Weird thinking about no, it wouldn't be weird, but it's weird thinking about. I don't know. I agree. So what's pat fact number two? Okay, uh, appreciate the analysis. Uh, yeah, clearly nobody, <laughs> clearly nobody wanted to get into the Mel Gibson thing. Apologies. No, I don't, I don't want to touch that with a forty-nine and a half foot pole. Look, if William Wallace switched sides, then we would all have gotten at least three hours of our lives back, depending on how many times we've watched the movie Braveheart. And Brave. that would have left a lot more room for like the better Mel Gibson roles, like uh, you know, What Women Want, or um, uh, what was that one about Jesus? The passion. Like, the passion. What do you mean? What was that one? About? He directed Jesus. it. He wasn't in it. <laughs> Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> Only the, be- what Only the was best. the name of that? What was the best about Jesus Christ reenactment ever made? <laughs> he was again. Wasn't in it. Totally <laughs> was the director. He directed it. Yeah. Okay, moving moving on from that debacle of history. Yeah, Pat. Please give us your next fact before we keep going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a connection point, though. Uh, if, Mel Gibson was in the Patriot, uh, so Benedict Arnold. I bet he was. Maybe they were friends. Um, it's possible. So in this day, also in 1955, so real, real heart of the Cold War, or actually like probably right before it, it reaches its peak, because we're still a couple years away from Bay of Pigs and mm-hmm. the missile crisis and all that. In 1955, on this day, Soviet MiGs downed a U.S. Navy patrol patrol plane over the Bering Strait which I'm sure everyone has learned in history class. Uh, probably more, probably not as important as people think, but the Bering Strait is the, like the land bridge, well, the former land bridge that connected Alaska, uh, like in the Aleutian Islands. I don't know if it's the Aleutians, but um, part of a, a part of Alaska with a part of Siberia. Yes, it was the northern part, not the Aleutians. The Aleutians are like wasn't several Aleutians. hundred miles from Russia. Exactly, okay. Um, yeah. So my question for you guys is, do you think if Maverick and Iceman were born twenty or were born twenty years older, do you think they stopped this? And how do you think they stopped this? Uh, being inverted. End of story. We're done. Okay. That's the answer I was looking for. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'll allow a, it. <laughs> it was a it was a four G roll, and um, the reason why they could see it at about uh, one meter was because they were inverted. And if you can't see my middle fingers, it's what was on the Polaroid. <laughs> Michael. 
I don't know, but can you, can you go, can you go uh, inverted with a, they didn't have Tomcats in 1955. They had like Sabres. Which could were, definitely go inverted with, and you could go inverted in World War II. What the fuck are you talking about? No, I mean like at that velocity, like, I, I don't think you'd go at that velocity, but I, no, I don't know. Do you think they didn't explode. have the same aerodynamics as Tomcats? No, definitely not. Wait, maybe that's what happened to Maverick's father. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa. Whoa. So that'll do it for this episode of the conclusion we digress obviously we had a lot of fun here doing our nba teams of all time but uh yeah we'll wrap things up we'll go to our closing statement so as always everyone has one sentence to wrap up our conversation today about basketball and anything else we talked about so we will start with mike uh, a lot of fun guys i think i think we talked about this earlier and i kind of want to shoot this out there and shoot us some dms if you like the idea Next time we do something like this, because a lot of these lists come out, we'd love to kind of do it more on the spot as a draft format. Lastly, we have to do our preparation work so that it's not a complete shit show on our end, but like kind of like an auction draft and uh, see how it goes from there. Yeah, love that idea for sure. So, Pat, what do you got for us closing statements? I will tell you that basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. Just like I'm the king on the microphone, so is Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like Why the pick use, uh, and the album. God help you. I said that like, song is older. I said than it like a haiku or uh, like a well, like, fair. like a slant. Was that was, it was that, like that, a slant rhyme? That rhyme? Like that. Did that rhyme? I don't think it did. But not really. But you know, that's <laughs> okay. Slant. It's okay. It's a, it's a good song. But uh, very, very nice, Pat. Iambic pentameter. <laughs> Kyle, what do you got for us? Um, looking for happy that sports are back. Uh, looking forward to seeing basketball come back. Hopefully, they'll be able to do it safely. Uh, looking forward to racing coming back shortly and the continual uh, end part of seasons in Europe where we're going to have some great title races in soccer, uh, even if you're not a soccer fan. Games are on all weekend. Tune in. It's going to be very entertaining. Yes, for sure. And last but not least, Tom. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a I had a blast tonight, guys. I thought it was really fun. Obviously, any listeners, if you have any bones to pick with any of our picks, or mm-hmm. you have any disagreements about the list, we welcome them. Oh, yes. We them. Oh, also, we, vote, we love debating. It's fun. Vote best and vote worst team. Oh yeah, please do that. <laughs> yeah, that'll all go up. On oh, the we should do that. Yeah, but yeah, that sounds good. So we, we will definitely do that as we've done with polls in the past. We will make sure on their Instagram you can see everyone's team in their entirety as well as, again, the complete uh, roster that we got that we worked from with this. And everyone, if you can, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Vote on whose team is the best, whose team is the worst. Um, again, we will do it all in 2K simulation as well so we can see how that plays out. But definitely want to hear your thoughts as well. And as Tommy said, things you think we did wrong or anything you want to comment about any of our teams, please send them our way. We'd love to hear it. And, We'll definitely address it uh, on our next sports episode as well. So send that all over. Um, again, if you're on our Instagram, we are on Instagram at in underscore conclusion underscore pod. Um, so definitely hit us up there and we'll start posting these on YouTube as well. So, and also, obviously, as I alluded to, really excited baseball's back. I'm glad that they were able to put the difference aside and get this started and thank the Lord Jesus. I'll have something to watch starting next week <laughs> uh, with the Mets coming back and playing at City Field. So LFGM. And that'll do it for this episode. Thanks again to all you guys. Thanks to everyone at home for listening. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Hells yeah. Uh, Sponsor my OnlyFans. Uh, if you watch this week, you'll find out what me and Patrick Ewing have in common.
We both have large heads. Oh. What did I say about large heads? Ew, David. <laughs> large snow caps. <laughs>